Hey, hey, hey. This is Christina Combs with Beauty in a Bible. I pray that the Lord will bless, bless, bless any and all who listen. Please, please, please do a written review at the end of the episode. And that will help get the word out to anyone that has not listened. I pray many, many blessings upon you guys, and I love you so much. Thank you so much for supporting my podcast, and I hope you have a wonderful day. All right, so let's just jump right into this one. Bow your heads with me. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I come to you this morning, Lord, asking that you will guide this episode just as you have everyone before this one. Lord, I pray that you will help me put this into words that all of those that are listening will understand, Lord, and that this will help to guide them to you, Lord, and further away from the devil than they've ever been before, Father. In Jesus' blessed name, Lord, I pray. Amen. Okay. So... This one's a little bit different. You guys, this may cost me some listeners, but that's okay because I've already lost listeners. But you know what? That's all right. Um, I had a rough patch there where I wasn't posting daily. And, you know, like I've noticed that some people have left and they're not listening anymore, but that's okay. All that are here are all who need to hear. And, um, Anyone that needs to hear it, it, they may not realize it, but the Lord will guide them to it to where that they will hear it. Um, <clears throat> a lot of preachers are now soft, and they don't preach hell like they did back in the day. And honestly, I feel like that is... Um, failure on their part and that's truly just like the bible says you know like each of us are to like our main thing here is it's not about boasting or about who does the most you know to be seen the main thing here and our goals as christians is to show others christ through us and what he can do for them and to lead others, you know, to try to bring them in, to make them want this, to make them want to live for the Lord and, you know, to make better decisions and to seek repentance and to seek salvation. And it's not a hard life to live. It's truly, truly not. A lot of people perceive it as it's too hard. You know, it's too hard of a life. I've heard a lot of people say that even, you know, in my you know, when I was a child, I heard a lot of people say, it's too hard to live. I can't live it. It's truly not. That is the devil, you know, trying to tell you that you'll never make it. You're not worthy. You know, you can't do it. You've sinned too much. The Lord won't accept you. I've heard it all because he's told it to me. Okay. I promise you that there is nothing you have done that the Lord can't forgive you. As long as there is breath in you, you still have 
the chance. You still have the opportunity to receive salvation and repentance, and you still have a shot at heaven, okay? You still have a shot at eternal bliss. I mean, or you have a shot at a second death and a repeating of hell, okay? And that's what we're going to talk about, because nobody talks about hell, but we're going to talk about it. Um, I've been up, of course, uh, studying my Bible and stuff this morning, and um, this is just what came to mind, you know, was nobody talks about hell anymore. Nobody talks about what's going to happen to you if you die lost, or if you don't seek salvation, or if you continue on the path that you're on, on this worldly path, and seeking approval of the world, seeking approval of those around you. The only approval that you need is a Lord himself's approval. You don't need anyone else's approval, okay? Any decisions that you make, you don't need anyone else's approval. You need the Lord's approval, and that's it, okay? No, I'm not telling husbands and wives to make decisions, you know, without consulting each other or whatever. I'm not doing that. However, if the Lord lays something on your heart to do, just because your spouse doesn't agree with it doesn't mean that you shouldn't go on with what the Lord laid on you to do. Because if you don't go on with what the Lord laid on your heart to do just because your spouse doesn't approve of it, in which nine times out of ten, or actually a hundred percent of the time, if you and your spouse both are serving the Lord, then your spouse isn't going to go what the Lord lays on your heart to do. They're going to support you in that. The only time that a spouse would go against you would be if you're in a situation to where that only one of you is serving the Lord in your relationship. And then that could be where that the devil's going to step in and try to cause issues in your marriage and, you know, cause things to um, not go as planned or as the Lord sees fit for them to go. So what I'm saying here is if the Lord lays it on your heart and somebody's fighting you, then it's the devil. It's not the Lord fighting you because the Lord's not going to fight you on what he lays on your heart to do for him. Okay. So <clears throat> you guys ready for this? Because I mean, it's, I don't sugarcoat anything. You all know that if you've heard any, you know, if you've listened to any of my podcasts previously, you know, I don't sugarcoat it. So you're going to get it exactly how I got it. All right, scoot over, little doggy. Of course, I have my little dog here this morning. He's being a little pain. Okay, so we're going to start first in, let's start first in Revelation, and it's chapter 20, and we're going to start at verse 12. Okay, I'm going to read this to you and then I'm going to elaborate on pretty much the gist of it and what it comes right down to what the Lord gave me. Okay, everyone that reads it is going to get something different, but what you're going to receive out of it is what the Lord wants you to receive out of it at that time. Everybody can read the exact same thing and everyone can get a different message from it. Okay, that's why it's called the Living Bible because everyone gets a different message. Not everyone is going to get the exact same message. You're going to get what the Lord wants you to get out of it. Okay, 
So this is what the Lord gave me. All right. So Revelations, Revelation chapter 20, starting at verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Okay? This is what I want to tell you. If you die in sin, you know you're dying in sin. Your soul's going to go, like, you're going to go on to hell. Okay? You're not going to just lay there in that grave. Your soul is going to go one place or the other when you die. Okay? If you've died in sin, you've not asked the Lord to forgive you, you're going to hell. Okay? But on the judgment day, everyone is going to rise up and every eye is going to see the Lord. Everybody is going to stand before him and he is then going to decide and judge you. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks of you down here. You could live a life for the Lord and you could you know, be one of the holiest people known to man, you know, and still yet somebody in this world is going to pick and pluck and find some kind of flaw in what you're doing, okay, and they're going to judge you, but their judgment isn't going to matter. Right here is what's going to matter. When the Lord comes back, when this world ends, okay, you could die today or tomorrow, you know, if you die in sin, you're going to hell, you're going down there, you're going to be burning, okay, we're going to get to that right here in just a minute, but regardless, when the end of time comes, you're going to become, Satan is going to have to let you go, he's going to have to let you come up out of that fire, and you're going to rise up. You're going to rise up out of the grave. Your body's going to come up. Whatever. And you're going to face the Lord. And he is going to open the book of life. And if your name is not listed in the book of life. If you've not got repentance for your sin before you've left this world. Which, if your soul has already gone to hell, then obviously you didn't get repentance. You're going to die a second death, okay, to where that not only are you going to hit hell once, but after the Lord judges you, you're going to hit it again. And then there is no coming back up out of it and, you know, getting a second judgment or anything. That's it. That's where you're going to spend eternity. That's going to be it. Okay. 
you can turn with me. Let me get it here. It's in Matthew. I have two different ones here. Matthew 25, 41 through 46, okay? This is going to be another one here. This is where I'm going to go ahead and let you in on your judgment. All right. So, Matthew 25, starting at verse 41, says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, this, okay, this is your last judgment, okay? This is, the, you know, Satan and hell, death, all of it's had to release you. You're standing before the Lord, okay? Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungred, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, or thirst, or stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister? unto thee then shall he answer them saying verily i say unto you insomuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these ye did it not to me and these shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into eternal into life eternal what that is saying Okay. They say, Lord, when did when do we see you hungry or thirsty or sick or or no clothes or in prison or whatever and, and we didn't minister unto you? This don't necessarily mean hungry in the body. They're hungry and thirsty of the spirit. Okay. They need the Lord. They're sick in the world. They're in jail. They're doing wrong. And nobody is going to them, trying to bring them in, trying to get them to get repentance or telling them about the Lord and what he has done for them or telling them about hell and what's going to happen if they die while in sin, if they die while hungry and thirsty because they haven't got the Lord in their life or because they're sick in the world, they're doing wrongdoings or whatever it, it may be, they're sinning. And us that are supposed to be Christians, supposed to be teaching these people, you know, ministering to them and trying to get them to come into the house of the Lord, we're supposed to be trying to feed their soul with the word of God. And we're supposed to be quenching their thirst with the word of God. We're supposed to be, you know, helping them with their sickness with the word of God. 
if they're in prison, we're supposed to be ministering to them, trying to get them for whatever wrongdoings they did that got them there, trying to get them to get repentance of that so that if they were to die, they don't die in sin. They don't die lost. Okay. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But a lot of times we fail it because we don't. We don't minister unto anyone. We don't tell anyone about hell anymore. We don't tell anyone about the Lord anymore. We don't try to bring people in to the church, to the house of the Lord anymore. So they're thirsting and they're hungry and they're sick. They're lost. They're in prison. You know, they're, they're dying. They're dying lost. A lot of them because no one has ever tried to actually talk to them. Then shall he answer to them saying, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. Let that stick with you. Okay? Do unto others as you would do to the Lord. If Jesus was walking right here, if we were privileged enough to have been able to live when Jesus walked this earth, would we have treated him like we treat our neighbors right now? Knowing, seeing him and knowing that if we did wrong unto him or if we did not obey him, where we were going, would we treat him like we treat our neighbors, our families, our so-called friends, our enemies? Would we treat him the same way if he was here on this earth right now as we treat the others that are walking this earth around us? Or would we be doing everything we could to reach out to him? to talk to him, to learn about him, <clears throat> what would we be doing? Would we offer him food? Would we offer him clothing? You know, would we offer him, you know, love? Would we pray for him if he was sick or afflicted? You know, what would we be doing? I'm going to put it to you this way. The Lord walks this earth with us. Still right now. Though we may not see him. He's still here. I'm getting cold chills. I don't know about you all. But I'm covered right now. He is watching this. Sometimes the Lord sends people, well, not just sometimes, but all the time. The Lord sends people your way to see how you're going to treat them and how you're going to respond and what you're going to say to them and whether you're going to treat him the way that he would treat them or the way that he would expect you to treat him if it was him. I'm not saying you wash, you worship these people or you praise these people. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you saw the Lord laying by the wayside sick, 
or if he was hungry, or if he was thirsty, would you not bring him in? Would you not try your best to do everything that you could for him? If we were, <clears throat> if we lived back in the days when he took those stripes for our healing, or when they placed that crown of thorns upon his head and the blood ran down him, and they put those nails in his hands and his feet. Would you not have wanted? Would you not have wanted to got him down and doctored him up and done everything you could to help him? What if that was your child or your mother or your father? or your sister, or your brother, your father-in-law, your mother-in-law, your sister-in-law, whatever, you know, you're saying, you get what I'm saying. When I worked <clears throat> in the nursing home, there would be some of those little people in there, you know, they're older and stuff, and a lot of the my co-workers would be like, I can't stand that one, they get on my nerves. They're so irritating or whatever. Put yourself in those shoes. What if that was your grandma or your mom laying there in that bed or your papa or your daddy or your brother or sister, aunt, uncle, cousin, whatever? Or if it was us? Do you not think that we're every single one going to be aggravating and annoying or your child laying there because some of our little people that come in are kids very young like teenage you know what if the lord walked out of the room on you and said i'm not going back i'm not dealing with that one i can't stand that one they get on my nerves. What about all the times that we have strayed and we have done wrong as many, many times as we have been taught or we have read or the Lord has spoke to us and let us know what we were doing wrong. Do you not think that he probably gets irritated with us sometimes and he's probably like, you know better how many times have I told you you know what if he just turned away and walked out and never looked back or he turned away and he talked about us and he was like they just get on my absolute nerves I can't stand them how would you feel I'm just saying. A lot of those irritating ones are, are, well, the ones that everyone considered irritating, I cleaned to the most. Because I put myself in those shoes to where that, if that were me 
or one of my family, no matter how irritating or how needy or whatever they might be, I know that my family would be the same, if not worse. If I was in there, I would be probably so angry, so upset, not at anyone else, but at myself, that I would probably be one of the worst people that they ever had to deal with. And let's face it, each and every one of us here would say the same. Don't know why, but that was just something, that was just a reference that I could use. It just seemed to fit. If you're following along and you're reading with me, you can turn to Matthew chapter 13, starting at verse 49. We're going to read 49 through 52. Forty-nine says, So shall it be at the end of the world. Okay, now this is at the end. This is when you die that second death. Okay? You think that first death is something? That first death ain't nothing compared to that second death you're going to die if you're out in sin. Okay? This is what I want you to, I really want you to listen. So shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. So they're going to split them up. You're not going to be standing side by side. The good and the bad are going to be separated. And shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. There's going to be screaming and hollering and pleading and and people are going to be biting on you and you're going to be biting on others. And like, I mean, you know why? Because you're hungry. You're not getting any food down there. You're not getting any water down there. You are going to thirst. You are going to beg for just a simple little teeny tiny drop of water and you're not going to get it. So you better remember, when those around you are hungry or thirsty, whether it be they're hungry and thirsty as a flesh, or they're hungry and thirsty because they need the Lord, they need, you know, and and this is the thing, it, it may not necessarily be a sinner that needs to hear the word of God, or, you know, needs that food or that water, you know, it could be someone, you know, your sister or brother in Christ, maybe they're struggling. Maybe, you know, the Lord's laid on you, hey, so-and-so needs, you know, they need this or they need that. Help them. Nobody wants to help anybody anymore because they're like, oh, we can't afford it. Or we're hurting ourselves. Why are you worrying? Why are you stressing? Does the Lord not tell us that he will make a way? That he will provide for his people? There's nothing too big or too small. I feel like I'm speaking to myself here as well. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is 
and householders, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. So we're going to know. There's people that's going to tell us, you know, like that's what this Bible was meant for, was to let us know what happened then and what is to come now. Okay? Everyone talks about heaven, but nobody talks about hell. Nobody talks about what it's going to be like. Nobody talks about that second death. Nobody talks about the second death when it comes to hell, but everyone wants to talk about that second life that you can have, that new life on earth, you know, that new heaven and that new earth or whatever. But nobody wants to talk about that second death. It's coming. I promise you it's coming. It may not come in my lifetime. It may not come in your lifetime. It may not come in your children's. But it is coming. And regardless of whether we die now or whether we make it till the Lord comes back in that cloud, we're all going to face him. It doesn't matter. Don't think that just because you die here, that you're not going to have to face the Lord in his judgment because you are. I just read it to you. You're going to come up out of hell. You're going to come up out wherever you are. You're going to come up and you're going to face him. <clears throat> and then he is going to judge you. And if your name is not written in that book of life, you're going to be cast in to the second death in the lake of fire where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. And literally, all it takes to avoid that, all it takes is simply saying, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. Come into my life, Lord. Help me, guide me. Anytime that you make a mistake and you catch it and you know when when you do something and it hits you, hey, you shouldn't have done that or that was wrong. That is the Lord letting you know, hey, you better ask repentance for that. And when that hits you, you ask right then and there. Okay? For example, I was asleep a few nights ago. I don't know if I mentioned this in one of my previous podcasts or not, but a few nights ago I was asleep. And I cussed in my sleep. But you know what? It wasn't but a few minutes later the Lord woke me up. And I, I looked over at my husband and I said, did I just say, you know, what I thought I said or what I dreamed I said? And he said, yeah. You sure did. He said, and it really caught me off guard. Because mind you, you know, he's not heard me say anything in months. Like, it's been a long time. And um, immediately I said, Lord, please forgive me. You know, that was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. You know. Had I not asked the Lord to forgive me and fell back asleep and then not woke up the next day, 
I would have been held accountable for that. That could have potentially sent me to hell. But it's as simple as, Father, forgive me. And then you try everything that you can. You do your absolute best to live your life to the fullest extent for the Lord. And any time that you make a mistake, because we're human, we're not perfect. Any time that you make a mistake or you feel like you've fallen short, ask the Lord to forgive you. You can, even all throughout the day, you can say, Lord, forgive me if I've done anything wrong. You may not even know if you've done wrong, but just simply, Lord, if I've done anything wrong or that's unpleasing to you, Lord, please forgive me. I do it all the time. All the time. You know? But we should be, no matter who they are, even if they're our enemy, we should be trying to teach them about the Lord and about, you know, hell and where they're going to go if they don't make it. You know, if they don't make things right. I'm going to end this one right here and I'm going to get ready to go pick my children up from school and hopefully we will do another episode tomorrow and I love you guys and I appreciate each and every one of you guys every listener every review like I appreciate you all so much each review each rating gets this podcast out there and it gathers more listeners and it gets the word of the Lord out to more people. And in doing so, you guys are helping spread the word of the Lord. You're doing your part. And the Lord appreciates that, as do I. I love you guys and I will catch you later.